0: Hey, it's Kevin Lawton with the New Warehouse Podcast, bringing you a new episode today. And on today's episode, I am going to be joined by Brandon Hegan. He is the founder and CEO at Box Zuka. And I got to say, I love that name. So we're going to talk about Box Zuka, what it is that they do. We're going to dive a little bit into why they chose to develop their own WMS and then talk a little bit about the holiday season and overall the e-commerce fulfillment landscape and and where things are, are heading as we go into the next year. So Brendan, welcome to the show. How are you?
1: I'm well, Kevin. Thanks. Thanks for having me on.
0: Definitely happy to get you on here and, and hear a little bit about Boxzuka, which I got to ask first. I mean, I mean, where did that name come from? It's a pretty cool name.
1: Yeah, thank you. I want to have a, a really good story around it. Like I was dreaming about, you know, boxes coming out of a cannon <laughs> and, and, and unfortunately that's not the case. Um I just I wanted the word box in the name, mm-hmm. and I worked. I worked with a, a developer, programmer, creative guy at the time, and he had this algorithm that he was able to put together a whole list of names that that began with box and end with uh-huh. box, and and he spit them out. We just started saying them out loud. And, and then checking the domains to see what was available. Yeah. I think we, we wanted like Boxwalla or Boxzilla or something. Those domains were taken and yeah. then Boxu came up and it didn't roll off the tongue <laughs> exactly as smooth, uh, but the domain was available and, and it was done. Ne- next thing, I had to go tackle.
0: Yeah, definitely <laughs> interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think it's a really interesting name. It's pretty cool. It definitely caught my caught my attention the first time I saw it. So, why don't you tell us a little bit about kind of, I guess, what what Boxzuka is, and, and also as you're the the founder, like uh, a little bit about your background and how you kind of came to came to the idea of Boxzuka.
1: Sure. So we are a e-commerce and 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 B two B distribution three PL. Mm. We tend to specialize in fashion and CPG. More higher end or you know nicer type products that the brands that we service require a, an elevated uh, unboxing experience and just an elevated experience overall from from our customer service to you know to the the, the boots on the ground and the warehouses and, and the service levels that we uh, that we provide so that's been our model it serves us well and and I, I guess my background that brought me here I, I come from an extensive background in transportation. Transportation logistics. I was with Airborne Express. If, uh, oh, yeah. if folks are old enough to remember uh, uh, who that was, we were <laughs> required by DHL in, yeah. in uh, 2001 or, or so, somewhere around there. I was at DHL for a number of years, and uh, and I was on the small parcel side on the on the global forwarding side of DHL, which is air freight and ocean freight. Mm-hmm. And uh, later, I worked for a, a, a 3PL, and and so I learned this side of the business as well at some point it made sense i wanted i wanted to get out and start my own thing and i didn't actually set out to do a 3PL I, it's very cost prohibitive to open up warehouses and yeah. i started out with a software it was a software to do international landed costs mm-hmm. for online retailers and we were we were successful at it and had a few brands and and it, it, the demand started to present itself amongst our customer base, you know, Hey, this is great. Can you do our domestic fulfillment too? Mm. And I was like, I know how to do that. I didn't yeah. think I was going to do that. <laughs> and that's how we evolved and pivoted into a 3PL.
0: Interesting. Okay. So it's just kind of started with the the tech first. So that kind of, I guess, leads into my next question. I was just going to ask you, I mean, why, why the choice to develop your own, your own WMS there to be able to to do that fulfillment?
1: Yeah, sure. So that's an easy question to answer. I think mm. you know half the technology was there when mm. when we were doing the inter- the international land and costs, We were already an OMS an order management system, yeah. and we were a TMS a transportation management system. So being able to develop the 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 logic around fulfillment, you know, inventory management, returns processing, pick pack and ship, it was was relatively easy enough. And the the, the fact of the matter is, is that I looked at. Landscape the three PL landscape at the time, and it's still like that today a little bit. Where where a lot of three PLs use out off the shelf systems that right. third party systems that they're handcuffed to whatever that system can or cannot do. And we have engineers that sit on site or at our headquarters in New Jersey, and 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 they. They're constantly enhancing the system as 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 our operators you know request to be able to do things and 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 our clients our clients are constantly pivoting and 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 bolting on new middlewares whether it be a, a return solution provider or they want some sort of special logic around being able to monogram items and and send it off to a, a third party or or something we we can do all that stuff in house light speed fast and and much at a lower cost and faster than than if we were using off the shelves off the shelf system. Mm -hmm. So for us, that that's what was one of the keys to our early success being to be able to be uh, flexible and nimble. And that's who we are still today
0: interesting yeah yeah i think it's an interesting interesting way to go and, it, and totally makes sense from from the perspective of that you're you're talking about and being able to make those changes not only internally when you you see that there's a, a need for that but also from like you mentioned the the brand's perspective too like a brand is looking to do something differently or, or maybe they want to handle something differently you're able to kind of take that and like you said not be tied to that that wms company and you know try to ask them like hey can you do this for us and they'll be like, oh. like we we don't see the use case, right? Something like that. So exactly, yeah.
1: And you know what? It's it's also like it, it it's it's a it's a testament to our ability to service our brands too, where we find efficiency in data and and so we 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 constantly are 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 looking for new ways in the data to to be able to to be faster and be more efficient, and then we can tweak our batching and and our waving and everything that we do within our WMS to be servicing our clients better. Hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It makes total sense. And and I mean, so is your WMS something that other 3PLs can use or is that like your secret sauce?
1: No, absolutely. We we, we do license it. Can't name any names of, of who uses it because we, yeah. we end up putting their name on it. We white label it. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Give us a call.
0: <laughs> okay definitely um so yeah very interesting to learn about that and kind of the the box story there a little bit so as we're recording this and I, actually i want i want to ask you one more thing that you mentioned in there around the you mentioned about a, an elevated unboxing experience right that you provide to the brand so tell us a little bit kind of i, I mean what does that that mean from like a, a 3pl perspective but then also from the the brand and the consumer perspective as well. And what's maybe like an example of that? Sure.
1: So that was another one of the things that I saw in the the 3PL landscape when, Mm -hmm. you know, I I set out to do this and I said, I want to, I want to replicate, you know, everything I saw that was really good out there and then fill in the gaps and everything I felt that I thought were 3PLs fell short. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of them was that, a lot of three PLs are kind of in the no business. No, we can't yeah. do that. No, you can't do that. <laughs> and I wanted to be flexible and, and accommodating. And with our brands, each one of them is 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 specific in, in what how they're representing themselves and whether it be you know dust bags and over top, you know, shoes and dust bags or garments and, and, and dust bags or tissue and closing it with a sticker and a handwritten gift note and it could be you know anything. The, the the requests that we get for how that pack out should look, that, that how that unboxing experience should should be uh, served to the, the customer. They're different from each one of our brands, and we have SOPs which are standard operating procedure documents that train our employees on what that brand experience is, is supposed to look like. And we have a quality assurance team that checks orders that were already packed a percentage of those to make sure that we're that, that the orders that they check are are the way they're supposed to look. And, and it's just, it's an elevated experience. This isn't the 3PL where it's like, you know, we're just throwing t-shirts in a poly bag and, and, and doing that all day long. And we're in the brand protection business as, mm. as something I like to say sometimes. Yeah. And we the, the eyes, the first set of eyes on, on the, on the product that comes in from overseas and, and we're the last set of eyes on before it goes to a consumer. And, and there's a lot of trust in, in what we do from, from our clients.
0: Hmm. interesting yeah yeah and i I love that you said that you're that kind of protection with the consumer because i mean like you said you are you are the last one that's gonna touch that and have some type of impact on that order before it gets to the consumer so so it's awesome that you're able to to offer that service and and help to, to elevate that experience as you you mentioned additionally so I mean when we look at special packaging and you know things of that nature we get into sort of the the holiday season here which we're approaching now November second it's it's crunch time as we're recording this right so tell us a little bit about you know how do you see things from from your end and and from the market overall as we are heading into the holiday season this year sure
1: I think the holiday season is is kind of stretched out more than than it ever has been in the past mm. and it started probably around covid when there was a, a big risk of of the carriers networks being totally bottlenecked with with packages and and brands got smart and started doing Black Friday sales earlier and then also competing for the share of wallet of their customers against you know whoever their competitors are and trying to get those those sales made earlier in in in, in the month mm. so it's like Black Friday is like the whole month of November where we're still we're, we're, I think we're rounding out the, the the calm before the storm, and things are starting to pick up, you know, as we speak. And I, as I as I attend forecast calls with the team and 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 our clients, the next couple of weeks is is a, a steady upward trajectory towards Christmas. We usually we just start to 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 calm down probably like around mid December. Mm-hmm. Everyone gets their their shopping done.
0: Yeah,
1: and it's uh it's a good time. Mm-hmm. Good we, we like being busy.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Busy is certainly good when you're in the 3PL business, for sure. So, I, I mean, around the, the holiday season and then we talk about that kind of unboxing experience, do you see like kind of brands doing certain customizations or, or changes to their, their packaging in ways to, to deliver things that may be intended as like Christmas gifts or something like that?
1: Yeah, t- totally. Because a couple of the CPG brands specifically will do like holiday kits, and, and mm-hmm. they'll have us, you know, pre-kit thousands of, of 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 components. You marry up these these two or three items and and put it in this box with you know some sort of holiday looking confetti type material, and then close it with a ribbon, stuff like that. Some of the other brands will will have some sort of a, a promotional insert or something like that that they'll want to include into the item into the box or, or packaging. So yeah, we see that all the time.
0: Interesting. And uh, I mean, how do you start to, because I think from like a, a fulfillment perspective, you know, we start kind of, I mean, we almost plan all year, right. For, for peak and holiday season. So, uh, I mean, how do you start to, to plan and, and incorporate those types of customizations into uh, your capacity planning? Cause some of that stuff might, might take longer on the packing process or something like that. How do you start to understand what that's going to be and then start to increase capacity as needed?
1: yeah so we we have we have forecasting calls with our clients on a weekly basis throughout the year. There's that old saying Christmas in July and it's it's yeah. it's, it's it's real you know we start thinking about <laughs> it uh, probably you know July August and and start planning and start staffing in in August September um, The great thing about our environment is is that there's there's different areas uh so you have inbound and you have outbound and you have uh, returns processing which is part of inbound. We're able to move people around to the different areas, and so we start picking up on the inbound side in that July, August, September timeframe as the retailers are bringing in product from wherever their manufacturers are uh, to sell for the holiday season. Mm-hmm. And then, as as volume starts to pick up on on outbound, we're we're moving people from. Other departments to service those areas, and then and then even after the holidays, after Christmas, and then returns start picking up. Yeah. Then then we're moving people that were 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 an outbound or they were an in inbound in August, September. They were an in outbound in, in, in October, November, December, and now they're back into the inbound you know, processing returns. So we're just we're just moving people around and and you know planning our work and then working our plan.
0: Mm, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think it, it's an interesting thing because, you know, you start to look at like newer brands and, and things like that, you know, maybe they're not accustomed to, to planning around that or, or working with the, the 3PL to to come up with that plan with a sufficient amount of time. So, I mean, in, in your opinion, uh, whether it's from a 3PL perspective or, or brand perspective, I mean, when... When is it kind of too late, I guess, in a sense to, to start planning and thinking about the, the holiday and peak season? When is it too late? Yeah, uh, You know, for us it's, it's January 2nd. Us, what's that? <laughs> I said January 2nd.
1: <laughs> yeah. January, exactly. It, you know, it's too late after the holidays. Um, it's uh, we've, we've been successful for the last, you know, five or seven years holiday seasons. And, and it's, uh, it's, it's the planning that we do and, and, and the it's the extraction of information that we do from, from our clients. Yeah. A lot of them aren't thinking about what's happening inside our walls and, but we're really good about, about uh, having those forecasting calls about getting, getting on the phone with them and asking them for, for the information and just getting pulling it uh, from them. Um, you, you, I would, I would blow your mind with with some of the requests that we get, and and the the rush receipts, and the rush this, and the rush that, mm-hmm. and that's just part of our model, though, to be to be nimble and be flexible, and and to be helpful. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day,
0: interesting, and I, I'm curious on the the forecasting side. What happens, I guess, when you work with brands or, or how do you help brands that are maybe newer and don't necessarily have as sophisticated forecasting on their side or or maybe haven't necessarily been through like a full growth holiday or, or peak season yet? I mean, how how are you able to to work with them and, and help them to to understand what the, the potential might be?
1: Yeah, I think it's I think it's the the questions that we ask that provoke thought. And at, at the end of the day, it, it can be as simple as as you know how much money are you going to be spending on marketing at any given time, mm. and and that usually should drive the forecast and demand. If there's if there's certain holidays that are coming up, if you're a lingerie brand and and Valentine's Day is coming up, you know that's that's an easy one. But if you're you know handbags or some sort of apparel, women's apparel, you know. Mother's Day or, or, you know, other other holidays outside of of just the the Christmas and Black Friday uh, Mm -hmm. window. There's holidays throughout the year that drive different sales for different types of business. And we're just good about asking those questions that provoke thought and and that in turn give us information that we're able to, to work with.
0: Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's great too. I mean, that you're able to to help those brands as well start to start to understand that you know, especially if they're newer to to market or, or newer to seeing larger types of volume and and growth. And you know, I think if you have a strong partner on the, the fulfillment side, then it can help you to to address those those challenges. I mean, certainly, you know, as a a brand, uh, welcome explosions in in growth and, and volume, but oftentimes it can be a little stressful to to manage and understand how to how do you handle that. So if you have somebody that's uh, experienced like 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 right, with you, then you know I think that can help you to to get through those definite challenges. So it, you mentioned returns in there as well as returns start to pick up. So how do you see? I mean, especially over the last couple of years, I mean, how has that post holiday returns type of volume grown or, or stayed the same? I mean, what, what has been happening in, in that area?
1: For the customers that we have that are, you know, predominantly apparel in, mm-hmm. in so many ways, and then the CPG, well, the, the apparel has a high returns rate. People buy, you know, two two of the same item in two yeah. different sizes. They're, they're, they're undoubtedly going to return one. Apparel can run 20 to 30% or more in returns. CPG has a very, very low returns rate it you know at the end of the day it's i don't think i don't think returns is is going anywhere but but up you you have seen some retailers actually stop offering free returns because it's it it is getting out of the hand and and mm-hmm. they're trying to 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 look for ways to 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 lower those return rates but it's part of the business it's just as important as as the outbound for for us um because you know like a lot of 3PLs is one of the gaps i saw where returns get sandbagged and 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 there's piles of of packages and for us we 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 process returns with the same type of service that we process outbound because it's important for our brands to get the product back to stock so that it can resell it and if it sits around it 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 can get it can get cold from a from a style standpoint yeah so it's an important part of the business
0: yeah yeah absolutely and i, I think do you see and how do you? I mean, I guess internally, like how do you shift your your resources to be able to do that returns processing? Because I mean, returns is I mean, you guys. It sounds like you already have, you know, more of a, I wouldn't say a complex, but, but more touch points in the packing process through specialty packaging and things like that. But but returns is a, is a whole nother thing with the inspection and, and you know, qualifying product. Is it going to go back into inventory or, or what's the status? How are you able to kind of shift your resources a little bit to be able to to handle that kind of influx in post-holiday returns?
1: That's a great question. One of one of the things that we're very stringent on is training, and mm-hmm. everyone is is cross trained in in all of our facilities across all functions. We we do have to flex labor from time to time, and and we'll hire a temporary or seasonal type workforce. Okay. Those those folks will would never be processing returns. They wouldn't have the the level of training. It would always be full time employees that are, that are that are that are part of our staff that are cross trained, and that's just part of our model. Is 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 shifting people around to flex up in the different areas that are you know busier than the other areas. And the, 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 beauty of it is, is that generally speaking, not all the areas are, are, are all busy at the exact same time. Mm-hmm. It'd be very uncommon for, for, for everything to be on, on, on fire at once. Um, you know, for, for that week between for those couple weeks between Thanksgiving and Christmas, we're not going to see a whole lot of returns coming in mm-hmm. because sales are kind of low, you know, right now it's the calm before the storm. So that, that labor will be shipping orders out at that time and then, and then later after the holiday volume outbound goes down, that labor is available to, sh- to shift back over to the, to the return side.
0: Interesting, interesting. Yeah, yeah. I think that makes sense, and I love that you're, you're cross training against all those departments. I mean, I think that's the the smart way to to utilize all those resources and be able to to quickly pivot and shift it if needed. So, as we're heading into and looking beyond this current uh, holiday season, going into 2024, what do you see as kind of the the outlook for for e commerce fulfillment in general and, and and overall into the new year?
1: Well, I think the, the pie continues to grow. I th- you know, you see retail is, is brick and mortar retail is, is is suffering in so many ways, in so many in so many areas. Just even even right now with the, the the organized retail crime and stores closing up, I think people are turning to the internet more and more every day to to do their shopping. You know, if not for the safety, but but for the convenience that's 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 always been there. And
0: I just see the market just growing and getting bigger every every year. Mm-hmm. It's an exciting time. All right, interesting. Yeah, yeah, definitely be interesting to see, and and certainly, you know, we do see a lot of retail kind of shutdowns and and pullbacks. I think, and, and a lot of that stuff. So, it will be interesting to see how that continues to to grow around that. So, very interesting to to talk to you here, Brendan, and, and learn about uh, Boxzuka and, and get some insights into the holiday season as well from a, a 3PL perspective and brand perspective so if people are interested in learning more about box maybe from a brand perspective or maybe they want to tap into that wms that you mentioned earlier too what's the best way to do that
1: they can send us an email info at box com.
0: all right great and we'll definitely put that information at the new as well so brendan thank you so much for coming on the show today